Welcome to the seventh episode of The Normal World, a podcast where former elite athletes share their stories. Not so much about their sport careers, but about how they found their way back into normal life. In this episode, I spoke with Petra, who played handball at national and European level. We talked about what she loved about the sport, her journey towards the highest level in the Netherlands, what happened after she quit the first time around, and how things were different the second time she quit. I'm Anna Leid, and welcome to the normal world of Petra de Bruin. Hi Petra, how are you doing? Hi, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Excited to do the podcast? Yeah, I love it. Yeah? <laughs> it's nice to do and it's exciting. Yeah, but I realize it's very nice to talk about the past and uh, what I uh, what I've been through and what I what I did with the sports so so um, let's start because you played handball right yep. how did you start how did you get got into handball well uh, like it usually goes I think um, I got in contact with a, uh, a friend of mine a classmate actually and she started handball and she invited me to come for a training and then I was 10 years old, so I started with the training and I, I liked it from the start. So I started and then I got in a team and a very nice team. And then probably I was talented because I started with teams uh, higher level and I was always the youngest, but it was nice. So when I was 15, I played in the first team of a local club. And how many hours were you training back then? Well, not that much. And By what, that time, what's not it, that much? No, it is two times a week. Okay, well, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think you can interpret that differently. Not that much. <laughs> that's true, that's true. But I know you played, uh, you did uh, gymnastics. Yes, and that's yes. really uh, very, a lot of training yes. hours. So, so not that much in gymnastics is quite different, actually, <laughs> yes. So um, can you describe... What attracted you into the sport? Like maybe a feeling or maybe something about the, the game or... Yeah, I love the combination of really the, the physical part. It's really a contact sport. Um, and you have to have a good condition. You have to be alert and uh, know what to do in the game. And it's a team sport. You have to be very quick. You have to uh, be able to jump high. So I love the combination of all that. Oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah I actually played that in my physical education uh, <laughs> education in, in The Hague. And I wasn't a fan because of all the, the contact and the quickness and I wasn't know what I was doing. So okay. <laughs> that's quite funny, actually. What was the goal, actually, when you did, did you already have a goal? Because you, you said they, they noticed you were talented and you got into teams that played on a higher level. It was just fun yeah. uh, with my friends and, uh -huh. and we played and, and, and in the field we also played. Uh -huh. It was not really uh, that I had a goal. I just wanted to play handball. Uh, but then when I was uh, 16, uh, there was a second year uh, on the highest level on the local uh, sports club. And then the trainer came to me and to others and she said, well, I can really see you talented and maybe you can uh, make it to the second division in Holland. So I was really proud, and um, but still it was just a game. Uh, until 18, I, I was asked for uh, the highest level in, in Holland, so Eredivisie it's called. Um, and then I decided to uh, to switch uh, clubs, and I played Eredivisie. But I never thought in advance that I could make that. So I was really proud of myself. 
that I made it to that level. Did you feel like you were practicing the sports as an elite athlete back then? By that time, yes, because uh, um, I started at 19 at the Eredivisie level and then I also started uh, the, uh, the physical education. Uh, so there was a really tough combination because from two times a week training, uh, I went over to four times a week training or five. Uh, but there was in the evening hours and during the day I also did sports during four or six hours a day. You, know, you did the education yourself, did, so yes. you really know what, uh, what it was. But I made a combination with the Eredivisie and that was really tough. Because also that time uh, they invented the way of playing two games a week. Two, uh, games, two games a week? in the weekend actually. So on Friday night for example and on Sunday or on Saturday evening and on Sunday. Oh, wow. And there was such a struggle with my body, it was too heavy. So on the Monday morning, uh, I always skipped school. <laughs> well, I can imagine. I mean, that must have been really tough. So yeah. going back to the goal, because usually when I, uh, when I talk to like elite athletes or like former elite athletes, they were like, yeah, Olympics was the goal. But for you, it was more like, like it progressed really into, oh, I can go higher. Oh, I maybe can go higher. So in, in a really different way than yeah, how others maybe were like, oh, I was five and I wanted to go to Olympics. That wasn't the case with you. So so how did... It started like that. And I, I liked the game from 10 years old on. And then I moved up and uh, I realized, wow, this is national level. I'm on teletext. Uh, every every weekend and I got interviews and uh, there were photos in the newspaper and I was surprised actually but I loved the game that much when I was uh, free of training on the Wednesday I really didn't know what to do and I was just wandering around in the house and oh, maybe I can do some training today also <laughs> you know yeah um, and then uh, on that level um, my club uh, made a degradation and I stayed for the with the club for uh, one or two years, and then I thought, no, I I really want to go on. I want to keep playing on this level, and um, I think I can do that. So uh, I got invited uh, uh, for a few other teams in Holland, and then I moved to, to Emmen. So that's really north up in Holland, where there are no traffic lights and no traffic jam, and <laughs> it's really quiet. Uh, but their handball is is a very big sport at A and O, so people started recognizing me on the streets, etc. Oh, <laughs> so, really? Yeah, and oh, I wow. got a uh, I got a house sponsored from the from the sponsor and, and a car with a very low cost and a job from the sponsor. So I think my my life was really uh, all uh, suited and um, arranged uh, around the handball. Well, that's quite amazing, actually. And, and you just, it just progressed and progressed yeah. until that level. So you moved to Emmen, I, I assume. Yeah, I did, yeah. And that was quite a big decision, I can imagine. It was, it was, because all my family and my friends, they all lived here. And I moved up to the north and it's about a two-hour drive. I know uh, international, it's, it's nothing. Here in the Netherlands, for, it's a lot. Yeah, it's <laughs> the other side of the country. Yes. <laughs> But I was really focused by the time, uh, focused on uh, on playing handball, and I, I I did everything to to be as good as I could and to do as much as I could. I moved up there because the whole team was uh, actually uh, the national team players, so I was the only one together with one other girl uh, who wasn't in the national team. 
So did you play national competitions or maybe also international? Yeah, there was a national competition and then we made it uh, to the, um, uh, the finals of the national competition. So then you go uh, international. So we played Europa Cup. And like it goes with football? Yeah, it did. Yeah. 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 And that was also really nice, of course. Nice. Yeah. So you played with the club internationally? Yeah. That was really nice. But never on the national team? No, no. Uh, maybe I could have done that, but uh, uh, I didn't have the focus enough. And maybe not the talent also, I don't know. <laughs> but really not the focus. I did all lots of other things. I did my survival activities and I, uh, I went out mountain biking. And when I had to do a game in the evening, then during the day I go uh, horseback riding, for example. So. Where did you got the time to do all of that? <laughs> yeah, just I just made combinations. Yeah. Uh, that's and when you moved to Emmen, you were all, you already finished your degree or yes, I okay. Did. I was I, I was uh, 25, 26. Oh yeah, yeah. yes. So th there were girls in your team who are on the national team, but they also played like up in a club level. So that was a combination. Yeah, but by, by that time there was a combination, but that's. Also, the end of my career in Emmen, um, because suddenly at the end of the season, uh, the team told us, the other girls who didn't play national team and the coach, uh, they told us they were asked by the national coach to go to a Bankras model. And Bankras means that they are out of the national competition. They aren't they allowed to play. They're not allowed to play anymore. They, uh, they wanted to prepare for uh, Athens uh, 2004. So that this was around 2000, 2001. And they wanted to prepare. So they said, well, the whole team is going to train at Papendal uh, together and not, not uh, anymore in a national competition. So then suddenly I lost my team from one moment to the, to the other. That and must have been very difficult. Yeah, I, I just had one month to realize, okay, so I moved to Emmen and three years later um, I lost everything. I don't know where to live, I don't know where to, uh, where to go, I don't know what I'm going to do with a job. Am I continuing playing handball or not? So it stopped very sudden. Yeah, and it wasn't your it wasn't your own decision. No. So I well, that's an assumption I'm making right now. It wasn't fulfilled your your career as a handball player, was it? Correct. So how did that go? What what did you decide to do? For me, that was a really disaster because I really left everything in the south of Netherlands uh, three years in France, and then uh, I moved up there and I started um, building a new life. With no goal whatsoever about when I'm, am I going back or will I stay here? I don't know. So then uh, it stopped and I didn't know what to do. And I decided to move back to my parents. So I live at my parents' house. Uh, but I did, didn't have a job. I didn't have a handball. Uh, and I didn't have anything for a few months. And I was really depressed. I can imagine because otherwise you would prepare yourself in some sort of way for like the transition but now it was such a sudden decision that was not made by you so after a couple of months did you know what to do did you well the people around me they they noticed it and they tried to help me and they got into a conversation with me and so uh, maybe you need a new goal 
um, and you can find something to do. And uh, maybe you, sh you should just go back to your uh, old club and start playing handball there. Uh, so I went back to my old club and I started uh, playing there and they were still on the uh, uh, one level lower, so first division. And there I met uh, again a few of my friends and we played together and then we had fun again. Oh, that's nice. So then my, I got my life back. Yeah. yeah. So during that period that you mentioned you didn't know what to do and you didn't have a goal, can you, can you maybe elaborate more on that? Was it really like... In Dutch, we call it the black hole as you, well, what you can experience when you quit from elite sports. Yeah, the fun is, or not the fun, but I knew in advance uh, after we were told they were going to the bunkers and they were out of the competition, uh, my other mates, I knew this was coming. Um, because I, uh, you've seen it on the television, uh, like Erika Terpstra, for example, she told about it on the television. Oh, uh, there's a black hole and be aware, it's coming. Uh, and uh, you also have to think about your food. Uh, so these two things, they stayed in my mind. I have to be aware, uh, you have to uh, make yourself another dinner or and you have to uh, be prepared for the black hole. And still it happened. So with the food I managed. I, I managed Did you to get help with that from a dietitian, for example? Mm, or? No, I just read a book and, okay. uh, and I started uh, having another uh, menu. But uh, with, with the black hole I couldn't uh, escape from it. And how would you describe what you were feeling back then? It's just one big sadness. I lost my goal. I lost, uh, I lost all the time I spent in uh, playing handball. I didn't know what to do. So it was really strange, yeah. actually. And uh, it's like, for now, when I think about it, it's like a blurred period. Oh, really? Yeah, it is. And I really don't know how for how long it was like that. I think it was a few months, but maybe it's longer. So it's all like a blur. Yeah. And, and uh, maybe I can imagine you felt lost without handball or... Was it just the goal or also because I've spoken with other athletes and they told me about their loss of identity uh, because they lost the sport and their identity as well. Uh, do you think that was also the case, what you experienced? By then I thought it was finished with my handball career uh, without me deciding uh, for it. And really, uh, in, yeah, actually it's also about identity. Who am I and what can I do and uh, where am I good at in yeah. the normal world, world oh, yeah. like your podcast is called. Um, so that was really a struggle. And it's it's quite interesting because you've already done your, you got your degree in physical education. So you've experienced a lot in the normal world, as we call it, but still, and you were prepared, you were aware that it could happen and still it happened. So that's quite interesting, I think, that maybe it's something you can't escape. I don't know. I don't know. I thought about it. What, uh, what would I do uh, when it happens again? And when I, or, uh, again, I know it's going to happen. Are you going to react differently? I think I would really try to have a goal before I stop. And I heard a few podcasts from you and uh, I realized all the others uh, got a goal 
somewhere in time and some got it at the finish and it just smoothly moved to another goal and and with others it was all the sudden like with me but they all find a new goal to to aim for yeah and some after they quit and they have yeah. like a lot of struggles and some during yeah. Yeah, yeah so but you couldn't prepare for the goal because it was such a sudden moment in time that you exactly. had to quit yeah um you mentioned that you started back playing handball with your old club um why go back into handball instead of maybe searching for a goal in the normal world was that a conscious decision or was it something that just came It was something I was good at, so it was easy to pick it up again. So that's why I uh, I decided to do that. Besides that, I also started a new career uh, in the normal world. I had uh, a new job in the survival, you know, uh, survival sports. And that was also a little bit of a career because I uh, started as an instructor and then I got coordination and then I moved up and had my own little company for about 10 years. And, but also the handball was going very well and we made a promotion. So I was back on the highest level again. And by that time I was 30. So I played on the highest level for another eight years. Eight years? Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was re- really nice. But I, I didn't think I could do that when I was 28. So then again, I surprised myself that I could do it on the highest level and be really good at it still. It sounds to me like you made maybe a conscious or unconscious decision to do a, a twofold career, one in handball and one in the normal world. So the transition maybe after you quit handball second time around wasn't that tough or wasn't that was a bit more smooth, I can imagine. To stop after that period? Yes. Yeah. There really was, because I, I had the other goal, I had my own company and I was really occupied with it. For example, then I had my uh, outdoor activities in Belgium, in the Ardennes, and I had to move up to the north of Holland and drive for about five hours uh, to play a handball game. And How did was... you manage? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just did it. but. And then I stopped at the gas station to take a, a Mars or something, a quick, a quick food thing, <laughs> so I could play. But it was really stupid, actually, because when you do two things like that on, on a very intensive way, then you do everything a little bit half. Yeah. So I didn't make a decision for one or the other. That's also an advice I would give to myself, because I still struggle with that. I always... Uh, have no choice Uh, people make choices for me or it just happens and then I look in my agenda and I say oh well that's a bit too much for a day (laughs) and and then I make it or I just make it yeah you just you just make it work instead of making a conscious decision to just pick something right You did that for eight years, having your own company and playing at the highest level in handball. And then at what point you did the highest level in the Netherlands, I think? Or did you do European level as well? No, no, that was just a a national. Okay. And at some point, then you quit your handball career for real? It went out like a candle, actually, because uh, also this team was uh, with a degradation 
And then I um, uh, moved, I went to another house and I started playing handball there again with my old little club and my old friends. So with the friends it was nice, but it was recreational level. That was really terrible concerning the handball. <laughs> so I, uh, I kind of regret I did that. Um, so it was easy to stop actually. And did you feel fulfilled then when you made the decision yourself to quit? Exactly. It was it was okay. I still have my friends and we still do nice activities together. Uh, but it's just uh, other activities and um, handball is almost completely out of my life now. I, I give some training to uh, a nice team, but that's it. How old were you when you were you when you quit? 42. 42? Yeah. Were you injury free the whole time? Or? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I had injuries up from my 10th to all the way. Really? And I was really glad I was playing without an injury. Um, handball is a really tough sport. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not really uh, very concerned about my body, so uh, I'm not really careful with it, actually. And um, did you have any serious injuries? Yeah, well, serious. I, I broke my hand one time when throwing and I threw the ball and I uh, I hit a head from uh, my, my opponent. And, and well, it hurt, it hurts. Uh, but I had to continue playing. And so I started throwing with my left hand because the right hand didn't work anymore. <laughs> and then I moved to the hospital and they uh, put it into a, a cast. And then I started training with a cast. <laughs> so I catched with my breast and with one hand and, well, stupid. Yeah, no, but I mean, because sometimes when athletes are injured, they also feel like a mini black hole kind of thing. Did you ever experience that during your career? I had some good trainers and I had a good team. So, and with the team sports, I think it's different. Uh, instead of with an uh, in individual sport because my team really took me in and they take, took care of me and the trainer took care of me. So we always trained on the side of the field, for example, and you did some training you could do like power lifting or, or uh, cardiac, cardiac sports. So you didn't feel left out? Right. After you quit the second time around, uh, you just progressed in a career you were already at like with your own company or how did that work i had uh, i had the company and i i had just my my career and yeah. i had my social life yeah. uh, i never left my social life actually uh, uh, except for the three years i was in in the north of holland so you also um, had a social life outside of handball yeah, yeah. oh that's that nice. was really possible yeah yeah luckily <laughs> yeah so the second time around it went much smoother it did And um, your career progressed, I think. And do you feel like there are things that you've learned along the way uh, that you now use in your, in your current career? I think it, there's a lot you learn from uh, playing sports on a high level. You can really aim for a goal if you have a goal. <laughs> And you can... It helps you. With, uh, working in teams, it helps you... Um, being really active or just go for it, uh, it helps every kind of way. Yeah, and do you do you use that like very specifically in your in the career that you have right now or had maybe along the way? 
I put it on my CV. I really think uh, it's uh, it's a profit when you uh, can put it on your CV and when you can say, well, I had a really career in, in sports and um, it done a lot for me. I would do it again. Yes, if I had you the would? choice. Yeah. Okay. And why? Yeah. Uh, it gives you so much. I, I have to had to leave things. I, I, I couldn't make it to my father's uh, birthday for several years. And I couldn't make it to uh, anniversaries, uh, whatever. So uh, there's a lot you leave behind, but uh, there's a lot. It gives, you, it gives you back a lot also. And do you feel like there are maybe some habits or things that you've learned along the way that you, you still feel like... Oh. I wish, <laughs> I wish I didn't do this. <laughs> like uh, things I regret. Yeah, maybe some things you regret. Or for me, for example, I'm very perfectionist, and sometimes I'm like, ah, <laughs> it's a bit annoying. <laughs> but yeah, maybe things you regret or habits that you have. What I learned in the handball is that you have to be be clear of what you want, and it should give you more confidence. And I missed that in my handball career, I think, sometimes. I was confident on the one hand, and but on the other hand, when the coach told me, um, well, you shouldn't throw in the goal because there are other girls who can do that better. Then I believed it, and then I stopped throwing at the goal. And that learned me to um, have more confidence and uh, believe in yourself. So in the end, you, you converted it to something positive. Yes, and I realized for now in my work, I have a, a boss, a director, and if something annoys me, then I just should tell it to him. But because that works better than when I think about myself, oh, it's not working and <laughs> I got sad. And yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's something very, very positive, I think. It is. Yeah. Maybe that's a nice bridge towards the last question I always ask. We've talked about this and you, you mentioned you found this a really difficult question. If you uh, would give your younger self some advice right now, like what would you say to her? Yeah, uh, really about uh, having a goal when you stop playing on the highest level or when you stop doing uh, top sports, then you will have loads of time all of a sudden uh, and you have to fulfill that and you have to really find something uh, you can have fun with. That's some really nice advice because I think that's a lot of the time that's overlooked because you're so in the moment of the elite sports and what you're doing there that you're not thinking about what's coming after. So I think that's that happened to me. I, I, I wasn't able to think about what's coming after. Uh, it was just one month or two months I could think about it and it was too short. So you need some time to think it over and uh, take your time uh, even when you're very busy with doing the, your sports. Try to think about what's next because it's not lasting forever. <laughs> no, true, true. That's some very useful advice. Thank you so much and thank you for sharing your story. You're welcome. This podcast was created, hosted, edited and produced by Annalite Bakker and the music is We Are Free by Ixen.